So this is the mysteries uh, of the universe with you and me. It's Kevin. <laughs> and me in the background. And and Sam Sam's in the background doing all this dope producing and stuff. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So we, we're going to start here now. Um, obviously, this is the first time we're doing this, and it's uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's to everybody out there. Yeah. And it's, uh, did you have a nice Valentine's and, uh, Day? My friend, I did. And my friend Michael's little son, uh, they're listening to us and falling asleep. I don't know how to take that. But um, good night to Michael's little son. This this show's going to be about uh, the news of the week, and uh, then we're going to pick a topic out of the grab bag of uh, yeah. topics. So you have to be prepared for that. And, oh man! Well, I know, it's I know, but, but that's that's what we're going to do because we don't want we don't want this to be anything that's totally scripted, as you could tell. Yeah, I have no idea what you're going to ask me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the first, I think the first thing that we need to go through, uh, hot topics on the old website or Facebook page, uh, so far this week, uh, were lots of stuff to do with UFOs. Hot topics on Facebook on our page. Yeah, the hot topic center of the universe is Facebook. Yeah, and well, and and so what's funny about the fact that there was UFOs. Um, you were talking to Sam earlier this week, and it could be that you saw UFO. Yeah, um, well, it wouldn't be the first time, but the UFOs uh, that I seem to um, catch are things of light, you know. Um, I had the one experience in Shastina where it was like a car-sized, beautiful, bright light that just flew over my house at night very slowly and then flew into the mountain. So the other night when I was on the phone with Sam, um, nothing seems to happen here in Utah, but I was talking to Sam and uh, we were talking about the mysteries of the universe, as usual. <laughs> And this beautiful explosion of light happened, you know, um, whether it was a meteor or whether whatever it was, it went up and it was huge. It went straight up. And the thing is, these things seem to appear when you're talking about them. Yeah. In my life, anyway, in my experience. And so that's what makes it so unique is, yeah, meteors happen. And, but what is, what is the catalyst for that meteor? Is it consciousness? Is it the consciousness of the universe that's responding to what we're talking about, what we're putting out? Yeah. So yeah. You said the uh, meteor went up. And I, I yeah, said, it, uh, it, meteors don't go up, <laughs> as far as I know. No. <laughs> Generally speaking. But I always see UFO experiences as something of consciousness. Mm -hmm. not, I'm not talking about my consciousness, per se, but my consciousness and the divine consciousness. Yeah. seems to be one of the mysteries that interact with us. So, yeah, I saw a UFO. <laughs> but even if it looks like a nuts and bolt UFO, um, outside of it being a government craft or a physical, ordinary world craft, which is, which is likely, but when there are things of light like that and they come in at times when you're focused on it or in the level of higher consciousness, that's when they seem to appear and they behave as Jacques Vallée 
is famous for saying more like thought forms. Right. And I, and I think that that's, the, I, oh, oh, go ahead. But I don't want to give anyone the impression that I think it's a hallucination or it's your imagination or it's something, you know, that we tend to slough off in, in our ordinary lives. I think it's an absolutely profound, magnificent, you know, thing that's happening. Yeah. And that can be with ghosts, with UFOs, with uh, Bigfoot, outside of the flesh and blood Bigfoot that people talk about. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I don't know. But um, in my experience, it seems to be a thing of consciousness, both our consciousness and the divine consciousness, the one mind. Yeah, I, I think that the, the key thing about the, the, the Bigfoot thing uh I'll just say this quickly is, uh, you know, I've, I've gone both ways on that one. And uh, I think that there's more than one thing. But I think it's interesting as when we're talking about quantum physics this this week um, a little bit, um, the idea and, and it when you speak to most uh, uh, physicists, Obviously, they, they define this as a quantum world themselves. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think we wanted to do this program together was because we're two people who have a background in, um, for lack of a better word, well, <laughs> for lack of a better word, shamanistic type training. Okay. And I, and I, and I hate that word. But anyway, uh, but we do have that sort of idea. When you speak to a shaman, and I've spoken to shaman all over the place, and so have you, or you speak to a physicist, um, especially when, when you're talking about quantum physics, we both, we both all come to the same conclusion, which is this, we, we're living in a quantum world uh, that's defined by how we react to it. In other words... Um, I was watching something today, and I think the point needs to be made that what I see now, I'm looking at you on the screen, and I'm not really interpreting. I'm interpreting that through an electrochemical reaction in my brain, okay? I'm not really seeing you. I'm seeing photons and bits of quirks and quarks and everything like that. And I'm... And I'm You've seen a simulation of me. Yeah, exactly. Which is how we perceive the ordinary world that we live in is a simulation as well, simply because of the way the eye takes in the information and the brain translates it. So, I mean, we don't know. I mean, if you're looking at things not through our own eyes, I mean, size would be different and colors would be different. I, I'm, not, I'm not a trained scientist and I wish I could explain it better. I mean, this is not the show for me to even attempt it, but um, with, with quantum mechanics, they're still looking at things as quanta, which are real and not real, particle and wave, particle and energy. And if you look at, look at the way the uh, shamanistic uh, or alchemical or hermeticist things, they see that everything is consciousness. So we can, we can, do like CERN and, and smash up all the particles we want down to smaller pieces, down to smaller pieces, and we will never find the bottom or what triggered the actual bringing of these things together to make matter. So quantum mechanics for me has, has great things and science has great things, but I still just go back to 
my own intuition that everything is consciousness and that the power is in the still points the between the waves yeah if you look at if you look at um magnetism and electricity that's where i think consciousness is you know they talk about i'm probably not even making sense because i'm speaking from my own understanding but well, your understanding is as good as anybody else's understanding. I guess that's what my point of the matter is, is that there I is... I think everything is conscious. I don't know if quantum mechanics is exactly addressing that, that, that consciousness. Um, and if you look at what happened with the Big Bang, and we, they say, well, there was just, you know, darkness and cold, and then the Big Bang happened. It's, it's like, to me, consciousness lives in the still point in the stillness. So we can't measure it and we can't make formulas because we're dealing with consciousness. So when science is, you know, making their formulas and doing their experiments, they never, they never quite get the answers because they're dealing with a mind with something that is consciousness. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're never going to get that figured out until they look at things from the standpoint that everything is consciousness. Right. And I think, I think that I, <laughs> you, well, that's, I don't know how you can measure that or how you can define that even. We don't even, you know, well, you, you can, well, it's like anything. I mean, if you look, if you look, uh, you can define it by the things around it. In other words, you can't really, nobody's ever seen a black hole. They've only seen the effects of the black hole on light. If you see what I'm saying. You, you can infer that there's a black hole there because there's nothing there. But uh, you actually aren't seeing anything past the, the event horizon. You're just seeing, you're just seeing the, the, the light circle around and the forces of it. So you, could, you can measure consciousness. And I, and I think that that's one of those things that, uh, that we have to um, you know, realize that we... we we were, especially, I mean, uh, people aren't being trained that you way said, uh, in school. You just said you, did you say you can't measure consciousness, right? That's what you said. Well, maybe you sure. can't, maybe you can't measure consciousness directly. No, you can't. But you can, you could, you can, you can measure the effects of consciousness yes. around, yes. around it. So that's. That's what I'm saying is, is for that, that's, that's, that's what science does. That's right. That's what science is doing. Right. So, I mean. So, but, but they're still wondering what is the source of, you know, they, they break down the particle, they go all the way down to quarks and, you know, they can just keep smashing particles, but they're never going to find the bottom. No. Because there is no bottom. There is no, there is no answer down there to tell them what put these things together the way they did. Well, that's the, the way it was put together. The, yeah, because it was a consciousness. Yes. What, I mean, that's just, that's that's okay, folks. That's not mainstream science. It's, this is just personal uh, point of view. No, I think you're right on the money in the fact that okay, so because of the fact that okay, look at it this way: some scientists will say um, this has consciousness. Uh, I have consciousness, and this table doesn't have consciousness okay that's their that's their construct they're saying that there's some measurable pattern 
that makes up consciousness and they don't know how to measure it. So, so physics and mathematics. Well, okay, are, wait. Okay, so wait. So the table um, in hermeticism and, and alchemical thinking, um, we have our mind, which this is going to be confusing now. We have our mind, which is called soul, our memories, our existence in this life. And then we have spirit, which is consciousness with the big C. Right? Consciousness connected to the all. So we're living in our bodies, uh, with our bodies, I should say. I shouldn't say in, but with. And we have our mind, our soul. That table is, is not like us in a sense. It doesn't have that mind, that soul. But the table has consciousness with the big C because it's a part of the whole. Right. So there's the difference. Right. But you, so that, I mean, so that's, that's one of those things where they're, they're going to debate that. I mean, it, it what uh, the, uh, I mean, well, they just say we're crazy because we're saying the table is conscious. We're not saying that. Well, no, <laughs> no, but, but these see, those people are crazy. Well, I, I mean, basically what I'm saying is, is that if in, in, in the fact that, uh, your cons your construct or what you and in interpret is made up of your brain, um, then your brain <clears throat> literally is, you know, the center of the universe. If you want to look at it that way, now people won't look at it that way, but uh, well, I don't think I, my brain is the center of the universe. My brain is tissue and matter, but my my mind, my soul, is able to connect through my spirit with the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. That that's something that we don't. Um, I, I would say ninety nine percent of the population has never heard that concept. But when I was able, and it took me a while to digest it. But once I was able to digest that and integrate that concept, it really helped me in understanding what the mystics, mystics were saying, and the sage, and the and the hermeticists and gnostics. It really helped. Alchemy has, you know, is a is a science that combines spirit within it so they, like the ancient sciences it is an ancient science it's part spiritual and part scientific and it it operates from a point that consciousness is first over matter rather than matter over mind right so it gives you it has given me a clearer perspective of my spiritual and scientific worldview well, I think I think that's important because era if you think about it, science <clears throat> if you think about the first uh scientists uh it was, you know, like uh, Plato and people like Socrates and things like that. They were philosophers. Um and so the science developed from philosophy and that's the part we don't mesh together anymore. In other words, you needed the spiritual sort of existential component as well as the nuts and bolts part of it. And, and I think that that's one of those things where, uh, people don't, um, you know, they don't, they don't think in that terms anymore. It's a dichotomy. In other words, you're either religious or you're a scientist. There's no middle ground. And, and where you, where you were talking before with the zero point is exactly right. In other words, you have to be adept in both, parts of your of your mind to to handle that because of the fact that if if not you're really kind of missing half of the equation 
right brain, left brain stuff, intellectual and spiritual stuff. Um, we always want to be in the balance point in the middle to catch everything, right? To bring everything in. And another alchemical um, concept is, you know, bringing heaven into earth, which really means bringing the spiritual awareness that we all have as human beings, that connection, and bringing it down into earth. Rather than, you know, some people that are on a spiritual journey, you know, they just want to go up and they want to go out and they want to stay there and they're out in space all the time. Or there's the intellectual that will never leave the materialistic realm and consider the spiritual. But if you're a person that you can integrate and bring heaven down into earth, bring the spiritual into the scientific, then I think that that's a holistic way to see nature and the universe. And there have been great minds and great scientists that do and did do that, but they're not able to really talk about it. And Newton was an alchemist. Uh, so obviously he was coming from a point that there is consciousness involved. And yet we have Newtonian science or um, the list, the list is endless. I wish I had a better recall of my memory or I had a list sitting here and I prepared for this, but many, many great materialistic reductionist scientists were alchemists and said the consciousness part was in their awareness. But science for me is a fantastic thing, but it has limitations. It has its own rules and agreements, and it stays within this box, and it measures, and it documents, and it experiments, and that's where it goes. That's its job. That's that's today's science. So, you know, we can lament the old days, but we still have it today. We do have it today if we choose to have it. There are people that are looking at uh, Walter Russell-ish type uh, concepts and theories. So, the, you know, quantum physics is now very much accepting consciousness as the force of the universe, the creative force in the universe, holding everything together. Yeah. So we're okay. Yeah, I know. I, I, no, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying exactly what you're saying, which is that uh, I'm you know, talking. To, I'm just talking to the, the imaginary skeptics that are on the other side. Of the oh screen. well, you, you can't. You can't do anything about that. <laughs> my, and some of them are like my closest friends. I, it's funny because I am a pretty balanced person now. You know, I have a good assortment of absolute scientific skeptic friends, and then that just consciousness is not involved. And then I have some really, you know, spiritual friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, but, and but, I love them all. But what I'm saying is, is that that, and, and I know that they are not going to like this, and I, but I'm going to say it because I'm the guy who I'm I'm the guy who always says stuff that people don't, doesn't like. But I'm going to say if they would be open to the idea of that, uh, the quantum. Uh, the quanta. I think. Then, then. I think they are open, but it's private. It's like religion to them. It's a private thing, and most of the people that are very, very skeptical in public, in private, they show that they are open to it. Yeah. And I think everybody is. Yeah. We're human. Right. We're wired, you know, in a similar fashion. I so. Um, you know, when you look at Bigfoot um, or UFOs or ghosts or any of the paranormal, um, that's where all the arguments lie is with that split down the middle. 
you know, it's either nuts and bolts, flesh and blood, or it's the other. But I'm seeing more and more of that cross crossing and that balancing out now. Most people, when they tell you they saw a Bigfoot, whether they think it's physical or spiritual or esoteric, metaphysical, <laughs> they've had other experiences. If they've seen that one thing, they've seen other things. They're just not telling you. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the thing about it is that it's like this. Is it that they're really... I mean, is it the fact that they take the flesh and blood approach solely because of the fact that that anything else is intangible? In other words, you have to take somebody's word. You have to take somebody's word for it, though. In other words, uh, if somebody that you really, really trust says, "I experienced these things," um, whatever telepathy or or what have you, I mean. You you can you can do tests to see if somebody's uh, you know got uh, you know quote unquote psychic powers. In other words, uh, does that person statistically do better than chance whenever they're making uh, you know observations or whatever? Um, Sheldrake did that with uh, you know people with phantom limbs and touching them you know energy fields and things like that. But the so you can say that you can say that that's true, um, that you can prove that somebody is better than chance. But nobody's ever go, nobody's ever been a hundred percent right. And so, if that's true from the standpoint of of how that works, you have to you have to sort of use quote unquote discernment to see whether that person is is telling you the truth. In other words. Um, testimony about people and and how they act and how they work um that 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 all works in a in a court of law but you can't necessarily say uh you know i i can't prove that for example i can't prove that somebody's not speaking with bigfoot i can't prove that all i can do is say um it doesn't add up in other words the the circumstantial evidence doesn't add up to what you're saying or or it does or your behavior does or doesn't and 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 how you act about it uh, because that's one of the I, I, think, I, think, I think someone's behavior only comes into play when people want to convince others to doubt that person's testimony yeah. I, I think most of us don't really look at that person and go oh that's a son of a bee or a lying person or whatever. I think we usually just hear the story and we instinctually know if they're pulling our leg or not. You know, we have our own personal opinion, but I don't think their reputation matters at all. Well, do you, well, I mean, in some cases it doesn't because in conspiracy theorists specifically, you can, you can hoax somebody, then tell them you hoax them. And then they won't believe that you hoax them because you're hoaxing the hoax. In other words, they say, well, it's too good to be a hoax or whatever. That, that they've bought into the fact where um, at that point in time, they're too invested in it to say, well, the, uh, for example, in UFOs, you see this all the time. The government got to you and that's why you're saying it's a hoax now. 
uh, you know, it, you, you're you're trying to. Uh, it doesn't matter if you just were playing a prank on somebody, and then you know somebody looking at it, and they're saying, "Well, of course you're going to say now that yeah. was a hoax." So yeah. I don't think any of these experiences are meant for the mass population. I think they're meant for us each personally, that these experiences are very personal. I mean, we all love to share and we do share. Oh my, I, it is my most fulfilling thing to share stories. So we're going to share, but they're really meant for us and they're random. You can't measure them. They're precognitive. These experiences are, uh, as are all spirit, spiritual experiences, they're meant for you alone and they're tailored to you. You know, when, when it comes to consciousness, with a capital C, the, all it is, you know, you ask a question, you reach out, you go to a site, you see a UFO, you go to the forest, you see a Bigfoot, you have these experiences, they're really for you. Right. I mean, I can be standing in a group of people and two or three of them see something and everyone else is looking and I don't see it, you know. Yeah. But I don't doubt them because two or three of them saw it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really ta- tailored for you. And I found that we're asking for these experiences, either consciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know, something happens to you, you're subconsciously having a need to see it or understand it. I mean, it, these paranormal or spiritual experiences force us to ask questions and they make us stretch and reach. They put us on a path of study. Right. Even if it's just a short path, it raises our consciousness right. to a different level. Well, I think that that's Entirely. what, yeah, I think that that's one of those things where we, we do sort of understand. I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, for example, and people can't wrap their heads around that, but remember whenever the, the, the 14 year old boy said that when we started up CERN that ended our universe and now we're living in a alternate universe and we wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. But you see that, that idea is completely scientific. I mean, he got all these scientists to say, well, that's, that's very good theoretical quantum physics, but. Hey, I mean, think about sometimes I look at my own life and I say, I must've died in a car wreck, car wreck and I'm in purgatory. I mean, my life is so different today than it was two years ago. Right. So even you even get that feeling just in your average life, like, am I still alive or is this, the reality of afterlife purgatory yeah. is going through this lesson all over again. Right. I mean, you, you can apply that to just about any situation. So, I mean, it's a macro microcosm. Yeah, but what I'm but what I'm what I'm trying to drive at people is is that cutting edge science and old ways are the same. In other words, we've been thinking this way for longer than we haven't been thinking this way. And it's only yeah. a small yeah. little time yeah. in between that we didn't. But, but those that cut in the generations, two or three generations, really, really only two or three generations, uh, really has reshaped our way of looking at things. Um, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Where, well, the why of it is a whole other hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we could spin off on another hour of why, you know, things became so tightly controlled in our understanding of reality. Well, we will do that. You know, we we will why? do that later. So, but yeah, I, next show. Yeah. 
but let me let, let let's hit some let's hit some more news. We're gonna do a, like a flash round of news. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then and then we'll okay. see we'll see if there's anything you want to just say. Okay. Yeah, I like that or I don't like that. Okay. First. Okay. All right. I'm okay. sorry. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy or something. Well, yeah, that, but that's that's how it works. You're dealing with a half blind guy. That's what. You know, and, and that's the thing where I started to realize is that that the reality of the world is not necessarily what we pick up on. Because whenever I went blind in this eye. Um, which eye? Which eye did you go blind in? My right eye. I, well, I, can, oh. I, see, I can see around the periphery. Okay. But I can't see in the, I can't see in the center of it. So it makes it very, it makes it very interesting. The world is still the same. But I interpret it so differently, and so the point of the matter is, is that that um, at a certain point in time, everything's hitting the same way. You know, the 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 photons, mm -hmm. the quarks, everything's hitting my eye the same way. The difference is, is that my brain is interpreting it in a completely different way than it used to. So, in in a, in a way, do I live in an altered state all the time now? Because I know that what I'm seeing is not real. I know that I can maybe see that there, but uh, it's just not working through. It's not, my brain is not picking it up. So that's an interesting, I mean, you could write a book on that. I, well, you know, Michal Ledwitz um, really sort of opened my mind up in his book, The Orb Project, when he talked about how um, you see the orbs in your photographs. And I would see the orbs in my photographs, and I wanted to see them in real, ordinary time with my own eyes so badly. And then I started to see them. Then I would take a picture. So I have my own evidence. I am seeing an orb. The thing in my picture is not a speck of dust. Mm -hmm. I have my own proof, my own experience. And he says in his book that if it's that important to you, you will rewire your brain, how you perceive reality. So what you're talking about with your eye is you're now perceiving reality in a different way. Right. But but I'm but I'm 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 wise enough to know that. I mean, and and that's one of those things where, um, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not wise enough to know that. It's just that I can't change it. So or I can, maybe. Everybody says I can, but I haven't tried. I don't know. But anyway. I think. Yeah, they, they put a lot of um, heavy responsibility on the whole manifesting thing. You yeah. know, that's magic. Yeah. You know. Well, and um, I, believe that, I believe that you can. Right. I believe that that is possible. But we live in a world where um, there, there is a counter-influence of consciousness also telling us, no, you can't do that. Right. Well, that's you know, there's always a push. There's always a gender, a polarity, you know, there's always that something pushing against each other. That's the universe we live in. Even in the spiritual reflection of it, there's always something pushing against it. That's why we have dark negative forces. Well, there was an interesting theory that came out this week uh, that said whenever the Big Bang started, that it blew out both ways. In other words, there's a parallel universe on the other side that goes backwards. And, and time time you know in other words so you've got the middle spot and one part is going forwards in time one goes backwards in time sort of like looking at a 
an imaginary number line. In other words, one, you know, zero is the middle point again, which backs up your theory. And then at one, the negative one, it's going that way. So, I mean, which is great if you like, uh, what was that thing with Superman? What was, <laughs> what was the, what was the negative Superman's name? Do you remember, Sam? Bizarro, backwards Superman. Are we living in that world or are we living I in the other were, world? I think they were saying that uh, a universe is born from another universe splitting in two. I think that's what they were saying, like cell division or something. But you have to think about um, the Big Bang and space, not like astronaut space, but space. Space is dark and it's cold. And then suddenly we have this Big Bang and it is coming out of this still dark, cold place. So it's more like um, it's more like a, a a thought or consciousness. You know, the Big Bang perhaps was a thought. Yeah. Rather than cell division. I mean, I, either is probably just as valid. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. You, you I mean. People who make the argument that we, we live in a matrix, for example, uh, you know, uh, and, you know that, it's an interesting rabbit hole to go down that we, we, we're, we're just in a computer simulation and that we're, I, we're AI. It's sort of like the Blade Runner effect um, where the... You well, know, then what we would have to be within another simulation and within another simulation and what simulation made that simulation. I mean, it would just keep going on ad infinitum and... I don't, I, you know. Well, I mean, I, I know that macro microcosm in nature is, you know, everything is contained within the tiniest particle of the greatest. Right. Yeah. As above, as below. Right. Well, but I can't see it being an actual computer simulation. I can, I, I can see nature being holographic and, and in that way. Right. Because nature is mathematical, but. I think that we're looking at it backwards, um, saying, oh, we're locked in a computer simulation. No, we developed computer simulation based on our understanding of the natural world and how things work. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you always put a good spin on it. You know, you, you, that's the thing that you, well, but, that, but that's, 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 that's the interesting thing, right? You can go so dark with this all stuff. Like, oh, it's like, well, what's the point, you know? But there is, there, there definitely is a point um, so, but sadly, we do have to say that the Mars rover is gone. It, 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 they, we sent the data link upload on Sunday and it's not there anymore. It didn't respond and it, it took off. Went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, what, so. The rabbit hole. Well, Mars, you know, the, it. It has rumors. Yeah. I don't know if there's a thing, you know, uh, extraterrestrial, physical extraterrestrial life. I kind of think that extraterrestrial life is actually ultra-terrestrial. <laughs> but, but there's that favorite saying of mine, it can be this or it can be that or it can be both. Or yeah. Both. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, I think you're right there because, uh, you know, I, like I said, when I was a child and I was growing up in Ireland and <clears throat> people say, 
um, you know, to me. Did I ever have I any? Well, no, but they have any. I love your childhood stories. Well, no, I had a very bizarre childhood, and, and you know, it was a, it was very, it was very interesting. And uh, I grew up in Northern Ireland in the in the 1970s. Uh, you know, but it's funny how I'm classified. You know, because I have a British passport and I have an Irish passport. But I've I've always I've always found it funny because whenever and I'll just do this a quick aside, but I've always found it interesting that you know my great my my direct ancestor gave his um um all his library and books and 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 all his artifacts and everything and one and he so that formed the British Museum and the British Library, right? And so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a. Which is interesting because one of the stories here is uh, Zahi Hawass saying we want all our stuff back <laughs> from the British Museum, and I. I agree that Zahi Hawass. Oh my gosh, that guy. Well, he wants his stuff back, and I think it should go back. But you know, that's the. But the the kind of the interesting thing about it was is he was born in Ireland, um, not very far from where I grew up. Uh, my direct ancestor. But he, but he's always called British. He was a knight of. Zahi Hawass was born in Ireland. No, 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 not Zahi Hawass. My, my, oh, okay. my, my ancestor Hans Sloan, and everybody always thinks that I'm talking okay. about Hans Solo. But my ancestor Hans Sloan was born in Ireland uh, before the Act of Union, and he's always classified as British, which is interesting, right? Because he he was a a, a smart guy. He was the the uh, physician to the king and all this other stuff. So that's all great. But uh, so he was a knight and he's a, he's a British guy. Well, if you, if you look at other famous Irish people like Burke and Hare, who basically were resurrectionists in, in, uh, in, in Edinburgh, and they used to dig up dead bodies and <laughs> bring them in for surgical uh, you know, anatomy class because they couldn't do it on anything else. Those people are defined as Irish, so it's interesting. <laughs> this question is there. You see what I'm saying? So British and Irish has its own, yeah, has its own little subtle differences in those different types of things too. But my point was um, that uh, as as we move forward, uh, we've got to be aware of all these different things uh, that have to do with life itself and what what is and isn't. And that sort of leads me to my thing where uh, I guess they did some megalithic research lately. Um, and so they've come to the conclusion that all megaliths, European megaliths, that is, megastructures, developed in northern France. And I think that that's a terrible way of describing it because they didn't conceptualize France as France back then. And uh, what do you think about that? I think that's weird because um, the oldest known megalithic structures are in Gobekli Tepe, and I don't know why scientists don't um, acknowledge that. And and also, um, Caracol or Car Caracol has some really old things, and we've got things. I mean, I'm, I'm not a megalithic expert, but um, I do know that there are things far older than. Um, the megalithic structures in France. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean. Well, no, I, th I think. But I, they're everywhere. 
They're everywhere, so I don't think they can really say. Yeah. Well, I mean, why do they care to that? I mean, why do they even have to put an origin on it? Is that to um, be the oldest, smartest culture in the world with born in France? I, I think we know better than that, right? And I think underneath the seas and underneath the oceans, we're going to someday pull up things that just blow the minds of well, yeah, I think you're right. It, but 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 basically, human beings are categorizers, right? That's what we like to do. We like to categorize everything, and and, and like competing and like have contests and things that, um, on one hand, those things are all great and make us evolve. But then there comes a certain level of consciousness where you just are not going to right. And care. I I agree yeah. with you. And I'm I'm not even saying people do that as a as a as a necessarily a uh, a racist or a bigoted or whatever way, but we do tend to want to categorize things down to the minutia where we can't, and maybe that's got something to do with science and why we, uh, you know, seem to have a problem is that we have to categorize it as this. I mean, it's a uh, uh, you know uh, one 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 day hopefully whenever we pull the uh, the thing out of the hat, Bigfoot will come up, and I'll talk to you. I mean, um, and I'll talk to you about my Neanderthal Denisovan or Denisovan oh. theory of oh, of, yeah. of Bigfoot. But that's not. Well, I don't know if it's going to come up today. But anyway, that doesn't really matter. But I'm just saying. From no, I, I would love to, I'd love to hear about it. Wait, tell me. Well, I I think that sounds interesting. Okay, so. Uh, well, no, I mean, do you want to talk about that instead of pulling the thing out of a hat? I mean, come on. Okay, next week. Next, okay. Next week we should talk about That being said, let's pick out, a, let's pick out our topic for the day because now we've only got 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, Sammy. Drumroll, please. Yeah. Um, the topic today is spirits. Oh, the topic today is spirits. Well, we've been talking about spirits. Yeah, we've did been talking about that. News? What is a spirit? Was... No, I didn't. I didn't. But look, today's topic is spirits. spirits. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like we're on Sesame Street. <laughs> One, well, two you know, spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spirits. Uh, yeah, I think I think everything in the misery uh, category is spiritual. As we were saying earlier, I mean, they're very random. They're wired to be random on purpose. So um, what is a spirit? Well, some people say that it's our subconscious uh, manifesting in a visual fashion in our consciousness to communicate with us. And other people say they're conscious and autonomous, uh, disembodied beings. Um, and I think when you look at the spiritual world, it is the same as the you know, it's a part of nature, so it is a reflection of the natural world. I mean, there's a whole ecosystem in the spiritual realm that goes from anything you can imagine all the way up to celestial beings. In my own personal opinion, from my own personal experiences, um, you know, you can have anything from, any, uh, you know, something at the level of an insect in the spiritual world mm -hmm. up to an animal. You know, we hear shamanic stories of the animals in the spiritual world. 
And then, of course, uh, anthropomorphic beings or therianthropes and all the way up to celestial beings. And I think that something that's important to remember is that this virtual world is consciousness, with the capital C, the whole natural realm of it. And there's different frequencies to it. And here's where it gets bizarre. When people go out and they're in a lower state of consciousness, meaning fear, envy, jealousy, hatred, anger, and they go out to have these spiritual experiences, that's what they're asking for. So the universe answers with emotion, symbols, and visuals. Right. And when you go out in a lower state of consciousness, you go out into a frequency that's populated with lower consciousness spiritual beings. That's what comes out. That's what you end up connecting with. So your energetic frequency is a match for that level. So if you go out and you are in a very high state of consciousness, joy, bliss, ecstasy, happiness, then you will have experiences on that level. You know, if you think of fear, you know, all the way up to the to the middle indifference, the elemental levels. But then to go up into these higher states of consciousness, different things exist in these layers of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get that match when you go out. So a lot of people go out into nature and it lifts them. It, it raises their consciousness. They see the beauty around them and they're in that state. And then they have one of those beautiful Bigfoot experiences or a beautiful orb shows up, a blue orb or some being of light or something wonderful happens. So they're connecting, they're matching that frequency, and that is the level of existence in the spiritual realm. It's the same here. If you think from a consciousness perspective, if you go out and you're mad and angry and, and horrible, that's exactly what magnetizes into your life. Mm -hmm. When I had my really traumatic experience last year, I was in a lower frequency. And that manifested into my life. It matched me exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to have these scary, you know, horrible experiences in the haunted mansion or out in the dark forest, you know, go out in a higher state of consciousness. And I'm not talking intelligence. I'm talking emotion, a higher state of emotion. So go out happy and, you know, you're not going to have the terrorizing snarling, fanged dogmen come out from behind the bushes. <laughs> well, but, it, but if you do, um, you know... Uh, you know but, but if you do, if you do, think of something happy, and then you move into a different frequency, and that thing will disappear like we hear in the stories. Oh, it just disappeared. Well... One minute it was there, and the next minute it wasn't. But, but, so this is not science. So science people... Close your ears. This yeah. Well, I think I think the interesting I think the interesting thing about it that that is though that that we do need to discuss it is that um, yeah. I mean, there's no guarantees in life. Uh, first of all, I mean, we're we're we we were born to die, and I know that's a terrible thing for most people to realize, but it's true. But we never die, Kevin. Well, physically, in our bodies. In other words, 
we, I look at it like this, right? Our, we can contemplate the, the wonders of the universe, but we're trapped in this little flesh cave that cage that, you know, pumps blood and gets old and doesn't want to do all those different types of things. And, and we do end up perishing for lack of a better word. And, you know, so sometimes you can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? It's, you know, uh, I think the body, I don't think we're trapped in the body. I think the body is a tool, you know, a way for us to experience physical reality. So we're not exactly trapped. I mean, our spirit imbues every physical particle of our body. Consciousness is throughout our entire body. Carrie's doing some interesting research on the, Carrie Campbell is doing interesting research on the fascia and um, how it is a complete system of light that is intelligent within the tissues, the, the fascia of the body. So I, I, you know, I used to say the same thing, you know, oh, my body, I just want to be spiritual and be out of my body and be in the spirit world. But the body is magnificent. And the more I study the ancient traditions, you know, it is our temple. So a lot of good things happen. We're working with the body. Mm. We're not. I, I don't feel we're trapped. Maybe. <laughs> right. Well, what, what, what I'm saying is, is that you don't seem like the type of person that if you got eaten by a panther that you'd be bitter about it that i would be what bitter about it if i got if you if you got if you got eaten by let's say for example you're out in the woods you're out in the woods i I only get bitter at what i allow myself what traps i allow myself to fall into yeah i completely own everything that has happened to me in my life every single thing i completely own it i asked for it and, um, you know, that's really looking at it from a horizontal perspective, because that's hard to do. And it took me 60 years to get to the point with some pretty hard falls before I was able to look at it that way. Right. I, you know, but what I'm saying is, is sometimes you just don't have any choice. I mean, you know, like uh, uh, sometimes you're up in the mountains and you're back up against no, a tree. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's a cause and you suffer the effects. And once you're on the plane of effects... Yeah, you know, it's very. That's a whole other conversation. But in ordinary reality, there is no going back. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's the thing about it is, is that uh, ultimately speaking, I th- I think we don't know what happens to us in the end, and uh, you know, uh, but that's one of those things we're going to have to take up on another. Th- you know, like the hour's gone. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a whole hour of talking about the art of raising, dying before you die, so you never die. Right. But I think that the, you know, the, the figure... old Egyptian art of raising. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of, that's a really uh, big fascination for me, dying before you die, so you never die. And really what it meant was you have the altered state out-of-body experiences where you uh, take the one thing, your mind connect to the one mind, the divine consciousness, and have that instant moment of gnosis, all-knowing. Mm-hmm. Once you know that, you're looking at everything from a bird's-eye perspective, and there is no death, right? There is no separateness at that level. There is there's nothing to worry about. You're just here in as a separate entity with you and everybody, and to have an experience because you're actually just the one mind. 
but we're all separate while we're here. Right. Just wanted to make that point. We're all sovereign and and self uh, while we're here. Yeah. But you know, if you really like, most people don't have to think about this. If you go beyond Jehovah and Yahweh and all that stuff, it's we are one mind. We are. Right. We are God. Wow, we are. We're, we're and and no matter what religion you're in, you're gonna you're gonna say you're gonna say you you are part of God, uh, you know. And and so that's not. Um, well, yeah, but religion is like here, but the actual truth is like way up here. Yeah. Right. Religion's yeah. here, telling you this much, but the truth is way up here. Well, we'll have to have that and, conversation. And, you can't. You can't. I mean. Who starts that conversation three minutes before you got to go? I know, I know. Well, well, you know, and th- and that's that's the thing. Okay, well, we'll, we we will pick up that on another show, but to just bring it to an end, I, I do want to I want to I want to talk about uh, uh, the the uh, a couple of things. Uh, you know, there there's a couple of funny stories that I think is uh, kind of interesting uh, from the uh, primate okay. world primate world this week and uh it was interesting is that is that facebook (laughs) no no it happened at the it happened at the the belfast zoo in northern ireland that was and it was uh and 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 uh i remember going to that zoo uh, when i was a child but uh a couple of uh chimpanzees put together a makeshift ladder and escaped from the chimpanzee exhibit so why we, doesn't that that doesn't surprise me? <laughs> well, no, it's they're, about time. they're smart. They're smart, and I and you know it's it's, it's one of those things where I I think that uh, you know we don't give we don't give other things credit for what for what they are. I mean, you know that this is what. But we uh, we do we do give yeah. You think, I know what you, you're think saying. you think yeah. humans animals do? Are, animals are very conscious. Very, very, very conscious. More conscious than some people. Those two monkeys are more conscious than some people. Okay. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, for saying that. It, you see but, did you see uh, did yeah. you see my, my dad look? I was giving you the dad look. Like I know, I I know. <laughs> but there's no fault, so there's no judgment. People are only as good as the information they get. And information, as we all know, is withheld. Yeah. That's a whole nother show. Yeah. Right? Well, that's it. Well, that's and that's where we're gonna end it for today, I think. The okay. time the time has gone, my 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 friend. Yeah. We'll have to climb back out of Boy, the I, I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And um I I love to share and Kevin, you know, you're such a humble guy. I uh you picked me up right when I needed to start sharing again. Wow. And you knew it. You wow. did a little mini healing on me. Thank you. Well, every time I talk to you, I get a healing. And this is the type of stuff we just talk about all the time on the phone. Well, not all the time. We talk maybe like once a week. Now we're just going to be talking once a week on here. And and other people yeah. might might get something out of it. And if they don't, they don't. And that's that's the way that that goes. But... I, I think that people, they like to see other perspectives from it whenever it's coming from a, a, a point of honesty. 
I mean, everybody. I just, think we have a lot of kindred. Holy cow! I think we have a lot of kindred souls out there in our community. You know that are that we interact with, and you know when we get together like this, we really make. You know, it's like a birth of a star when two consciousnesses that are kindred get together, or three, or four. You know, something magic happens. Yeah, I, I, so I, 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 you know, I, I just think the whole idea is great. It's casual. It's, it's low key. We're not trying to sell anything. No. <laughs> no. no. We're no. doing it for all the right reasons. Yeah. No, we don't want to. We don't want to sell anything. It, all I, all I ask is if people like this, they share it. And um, and if they like our website, that I mean, uh, the Facebook page, that they invite two people that they think would be interested in some of the stuff that's on there. You know, like you, I know we all have two people that would be like, oh yeah, that guy would like that, and this guy would like that. I don't want you to do the whole <laughs> share it to twenty five thousand of your friends because that's just crazy. But you probably have two people that you'd say, oh, he'd probably dig that. That's all I want. Well, next week we're going to do the De Denisovan Neanderthal uh, All right, yes. Nordic Sasquatch conversation. And Did I, you I, say Nordic Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Nordic yeah. Sasquatch. I'm going to tell you why I said that. Because you know that uh, Nor <laughs> Norway, Norway, Nor Norway and Canada, they fight over moose statues and who's got the right to like have a moose as their mascot and everything like that. Well, if that's true, how do you know that Sasquatch didn't come from a little place in Europe and walk across the thing? I don't know. I mean... Like I said, people people will either. You know, you know, one of one of my favorite books is Michael Tassarian's uh, Irish Origins of Civilization book yeah. or um, DVD. But I've read all his books, so I get confused. But really interesting. Well, I mean, all I'm going to say is, is I, I will make a credible case for why this is possible with a lot less of the old uh that that okay. why 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 it why the patterson gimlin film is more oh. more interestingly would we go along with a denise of neanderthal than a an ape but anyway uh so next week i'm gonna make everybody mad okay <laughs> On Thank that you note, for having me. all Bye, right. Sam. Thank you. Okay, Thank so you. this okay. wonderful. We're gonna have this up on uh, audio for your podcasting dreams and delights, so you can listen to us. And it's gonna be on our website, notyournormalnews.com. And uh, we'll see you next week, Alyssa. Be ready.